0: Welcome to a new episode of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your hosts, 49ers insider Matt Mayoko and 49ers host Laura Britt.
1: This is 49ers Talk brought to you by Big O' Tires. I'm Matt Mayoko. She's Laura Britt. And Laura, let's see here. We're only, what, less than a month until the NFL draft. And I think that they should extend this. I, I think we need the draft to happen and maybe late. May because I think we just need to talk about this more and more and more and I don't think we have enough time to talk this through
2: yeah for like four and a half seconds I actually thought you were being serious and then I realized wait I'm doing this show with Matt Mayoko. never mind he's not being serious I also feel like we haven't talked in forever because we've been doing so many emergency podcasts and we finally had a week where we didn't have we didn't have any emergency podcasts, did we?
1: Uh, no our last emergency podcast was Friday, March twenty sixth, the day that uh the the NFL, you know, the the ripple, the, the waves across the NFL came crashing onto our shores here in the San Francisco area with the news that the 49ers had traded up to number three.
2: Yeah, so it feels a little weird. We we've only done to podcast where's the emergency podcast
1: so you're saying that uh twice in a week is just not enough for you you want apparently more not
2: podcasts. no i'm kidding no. twice a week although i feel like our listeners which thank you guys they want more they want more talk they want more discussion um which i think is awesome because if this is an exciting time anytime leading up to the nfl draft is exciting for every fan of every team across the NFL landscape. And it's exciting for the teams too. You start to uh, look ahead to your future and what our team could be this fall and what our team could be in two years or three years. And that's what makes it a little unnerving, but also exciting.
1: So let me ask you this, Laura. I've gotten a lot of people, everybody has an opinion on Twitter of what the 49ers should do with that number three overall pick. And uh, Mac Jones is a guy that, um, a lot of people who I would say are in the know, um, are talking about, but the fan base and other people are saying, no, you got to go with Justin Fields. He's the guy who played at a high level at a major college. Uh, other people are saying, oh, it's gotta be Trey Lance because he has everything that the 49ers are looking for, but he he didn't play but one game this past season. So w- what I find interesting is that there's a certain segment of, I'm assuming they're 49er fans, saying, if the 49ers take Mac Jones, I'm done. I'm turning in my 49ers fan card. Um, do you buy that?
2: No, it's easy for fans and people that don't have the opportunity to sit down and talk with these guys – All that we all have to go on is watching them play at the collegiate level and watching them do these pro days. You can go back and look at all of those highlights time and time and time again, but there is a lot more that goes into the decision of which quarterback to draft than just that. The coaches, yes, they're also watching film. Yes, they're also going to the pro days. We've seen that. They're also having in-depth discussions with every person involved in these people's lives. We're not privy to those discussions that they have. There's a lot of information that they gather about the type of person that the player is about the type of player that the player is, if that makes sense, if you're tracking me there. So I think there's just so much more that goes into it that not because we don't want to, but because we're not getting paid to draft an NFL quarterback Nobody, you know, we all have our day jobs that we've got (laughs) to, that we've got to do. And so there's just a lot that we don't see. And, and I think that you've got to give a guy a chance. You can't be out before you ever see him play a a down of football in the NFL. So I, I understand if maybe a year after they draft, if it is, if you're in the party of anti-Mac Jones, if they draft Mac Jones and he doesn't pan out, then yeah, you can be upset. If they just draft the guy and you're just mad because they just drafted him, you got to give the guy a chance to play in the NFL and see what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch saw if they do end up going down that road.
1: 49ers Talk is brought to you by Planet Orange, effective eco-friendly pest control. So what I've found is I'd, I'd still think that the 49ers are going to draft Mac Jones, or at least I think that that's right now, as we sit here, that's the most likely scenario. Laura, are you going to hold that against me? Are you going to be angry at me because that's my opinion?
2: I don't care. I don't (laughs) care that that's your opinion. I don't care if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch want to draft him. There is the distrust. This is what we've talked about before. I think it was the last podcast even with some of the distrust. And I, I generally think that 49ers fans, people in the Bay Area, have trust in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Overall, the quarterback position is a different beast. And I think that there are some questions that come in there and you go, does he just get so honed in on the guy that he wants that could fit in his system that he can't see the bigger picture? You know, We don't have all the answers to that. But I think there is some, some mistrust there. And But I don't think it's just... Uh, consolidated to the Bay Area. I think there's always a little bit of questioning anytime someone's drafting a quarterback, anytime any NFL team is drafting a quarterback. I don't know that the fan base, no matter who it is, is all in. Were, were the, was the Chiefs fan base all in on Patrick Mahomes?
1: Yeah, I don't know. have to look you know, back on that. I think you know? it's,
2: it's easy to look back and say, yeah, we were. We were all in. I bet there were quite a few people who weren't. You know, were, were the Bills fans all in on Josh Allen? I don't know. But now they are. So I don't think that, I think that time because it's such an important position on the football field, because it is Super Bowl or bust, if you draft a bad quarterback, there's always questions around that position.
1: Yeah, and with the 49ers, they were very upfront in that press conference that they held a week ago, and Kyle Shanahan said that you know they had three guys in mind. So yeah. Trevor Lawrence is one of those three. I'm assuming Zach Wilson is one of those three, and then he has one other guy that he loves. And then he said, and we'll see over the next month if there's not a four and a five, meaning that... You know, wh- whoever that is, in that in that bucket for for the number three overall pick, let's just say it's Justin Fields, it's Trey Lance, and it's Mac Jones. One of those three guys is the one that the 49ers uh, felt comfortable enough to trade up to number three, uh, knowing that they would get the one guy that they really like. Now if the two other guys impress them and the more they see on film, they love, then they have to to kind of reconsider and hey, who are we going to have? But I would think, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, to Mike uh, about this. To Mike Tannenbaum, he's a former executive with the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, and now he's at ESPN as a front office insider. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the thought process that goes beyond that but no I I think totally Trevor Lawrence is one of those three that Kyle Shanahan was talking about you and I both know he's not going to be there but at number three you need the names of three guys to make. that's
2: why I'm not a head coach in the NFL the only reason because if I'm picking three and I know Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be there I don't even have him on my list well then
1: then you have two people
2: then I've got two people or more Well, I'm interested in,
1: I hope you have, but in order order to make that trade. Okay. So you, you, that's the thing is, you know, guys get, teams get surprised all the time. Um, and yeah, you assume Trevor Lawrence is going to be picked, but you can't, you can't just bank on it because then what if Trevor Lawrence is there at number three?
2: And then you got to pick him, I guess, do but you? But then
1: you haven't done the homework on him. And so now you're like, okay, what, did those, what happened? What do those teams know about him that we don't? So that's, that's what I'm saying is that, um, you know, the 49ers have the third pick. So they're going to get, at worst, the player that they consider the third best prospect. And the other thing that Kyle Shanahan said is, you know, why are you going and this was on Monday and the pro day at Alabama was the next day. Why are you going to that pro day? And he said, Hey, there's less to hide when you're picking at number three. So, you know, there are no real reasons for smoke screens. And so that's why the more I think about this is I think it's significant that they went to see Mac Jones because if they have one guy that they're really comfortable with, Um, based on the film study and the preliminary, you know, whatever, investigations or uh, analysis or evaluations, whatever word you want to use, then wouldn't you go see that guy and say, you know, we'll catch up with the others later, but we want to go there and see if everything we know about this guy is either confirmed or now we have question marks. So that's why I think, I mean, that's one of the many reasons I think Mac Jones is the guy because if you're Kyle Shanahan and you don't like going to pro days to begin with, why the heck would you waste your time going to see a guy that you don't want to take at number three?
2: Well, to be fair, Kyle Shanahan did say the reason he doesn't typically go to pro days is not because he doesn't want to. It's because that he does have to have the smoke screen generally when they're picking farther back. So he doesn't want to give his – selections away to other teams and that's where my contradictory belief comes in about that the 49ers don't need smoke screens I think you still do half of the NFL draft is keeping other teams on their toes you want other teams use utilizing and using up all of their available personnel to go spread them as thin as possible before the draft that's what I'm doing you want to play you want to play hardball in in the, NFL, in the NFL draft leading up to the draft to keep other teams on their toes, make sure that they've done their homework. If they haven't done their homework then all, and you've done your homework, then all of a sudden you have the upper hand. So I have a differing belief there that I don't care if you're picking at three or one or wherever you're picking, you do want to still keep other teams on their toes for the sheer fact that you don't want anybody knowing what you're doing for, with 100% certainty so that you can't allow them to make their decision ahead of time with 100% certainty.
1: Yeah, I just think, I, I know I've, I've spoken to Kyle about this in the past, and he doesn't like the combine. He thinks it's a waste of time. He feels like he can get more information just by watching the film. So there's no reason to fly to Indianapolis um, other than you know t- to meet the people face to face. So I, I, I think that, I mean, I can't even think of any times he's been to pro days Uh, Maybe he did a little bit in 2017, but I think that was mostly John Lynch. So I I just think that it's a big deal that he went there to Alabama. And we'll see. I haven't heard any things as we're taping this. I haven't heard any things about when uh, they're going to get a chance or if they're going to get that chance uh, 100% to go meet up with Justin Fields at Ohio State or Trey Lance at North Dakota State. So we'll, we'll keep you posted when we hear anything along those lines. But um, like I said, it's, it's, it's a fascinating time right now. Uh, If you're an observer of the 49ers, just to kind of see how they work and what their thought process might be as they really make what I would consider one of the biggest moves in franchise history to, basically, you know, mortgage the first round draft pick each of the next two seasons to get the number three spot in a draft where consensus, there's no guy who's number three. You know, there's not one player out there that everybody considers, oh, he's definitely the number three quarterback, you know, behind Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So we'll see where the 49ers play this thing.
2: I think this is a legacy make-or-break moment for them. I think this is a legacy make-or-break draft for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. It's going to be hard to come back from this if this quarterback doesn't pan out.
1: I, I would tend to agree with you. Um, I also thought the same thing in 2017. You know, Boy, they better hit on this draft pick. And they did not hit with Solomon Thomas. They did not hit with Reuben Foster, their two first-round draft picks. But yet, the team got into the Super Bowl three years later without a whole lot of contributions, or in the case of Ruben Foster, with zero contributions from their two first-round draft picks that first year. So I'm not saying that it's, it's something that can just be kind of brushed aside, whatever happens in this number three overall pick. But things, things are crazy, you know, things you never know how it's going to turn out and if something better might fall in their lap later and it turns out that they really didn't need that three. I mean, you just, you never know. But having said that, Laura, I would agree with you.
2: There was, there's a little guy named Nick Bosa that really panned out. So I think he makes up for a lot of wrong.
1: He does. He does. Um, And, and off, he, obviously that, that 2017 draft, if they had taken George Kittle, with the number three overall pick, just think about this. There would have been a firestorm. People would have been saying, what are you doing taking George Kittle number three overall when you could have had him in the third, fourth, or fifth round? Um, And they got him. If they got him at number three overall, now people would be saying, what a heck of a draft pick. Yeah, they passed up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But Kittle was basically their first round draft pick from that class because of just the huge impact he made at a position that isn't generally considered a, a, a position that can kind of swing the, the tide for an entire franchise. But I really think that that's what he did in that draft and, and kind of created, I mean, he was such a big part of what they were able to do. Uh, in 2019, well, heck, in 2018, too, but uh, when he set the the then record for most receiving yards for a tight end in NFL history. But, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, they swung and missed with Solomon Thomas. They really whiffed with Reuben Foster. But they made up for it with George Kittle.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think that when you can have a player like that in every draft – somewhere in the draft, it almost doesn't matter where, where you end up selecting them because people tend to forget, just remember how good the player is. And that's what George Kittle's become the identity of this team in every aspect in his play on the field, but also how excitable and fun-loving and entertaining, frankly, he is off the field. So yeah, George Kittle, that pick made up for a lot of wrongs as well. When you get Nick Bosa and you get George Kittle and those, those picks work out for you, I think people are okay with that.
1: Hey, Laura, do you have anything that you can do for the next 20 minutes or so?
2: Oh, I've got so much to do.
1: Okay, Uh, like clean the garage, rearrange your sock drawer, like stuff like that?
2: So much laundry, Mayoko, so much laundry.
1: Okay, well, I'll let you step away, For about 20 minutes because when we come back come back I'll be talking with former NFL executive Mike Tannenbaum uh, and we're going to talk about everything as it pertains to the 49ers moving up to the number three overall pick and we'll see if he has someone in mind whom he believes the 49ers could be targeting with that pick so we'll be talking to Mike Tannenbaum after this word from Big O Tires.
2: Are you kidding me? I'm sticking around for this.
0: At Big O Tires, you can trust that you're getting a good deal. Now buy three, get one free on select sets of tires with installation purchase. Plus pay nothing today with easy and affordable financing options for nearly any
1: budget. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, we're back on 49ers Talk, joined by Mike Cannonbaum, the former general manager of the New York Jets and executive vice president of football operations of the Miami Dolphins and currently... NFL's in, uh, front office insider for ESPN. Mike, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Great to be with you, Matt.
1: Hey, I just got to ask you, you know, March 26th, I think I was doing something. I was writing some nonsense uh, to, to keep this thing going, uh, thinking it was going to be a long five weeks before the NFL draft. And, and your colleague, Adam Schefter, drops the, the bomb that the 49ers have worked out that trade with the Dolphins to move up to number three overall. What was your initial take on when you heard that news?
0: Clearly, they were going up for a quarterback, and uh, I've said this for a while, Matt. I thought the 49ers have the best non-quarterback roster in the NFL. Like, if you just look at players, you know, one through 21, um, it's tailor-made for a team to really compete for championships in a meaningful way, um, but for the quarterback position. So, you know, and that was, we talked a lot about that on ESPN in the context of when it was like, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson, and the whole, you know, the Sean Watson thing for a while. So um, I felt that way for a while, that they were a quarterback away from really meaningfully competing. So what was it about
1: Jimmy Garoppolo that, you just, that didn't do it for you?
0: Well, I like him. I've been a fan of his. Um, even when I was with Miami, we played against him, and I remember Kiko Alonso hit him and um, got hurt then, and he's missed about half the games. And You know, as a franchise quarterback, you have to be able to answer the bell. And what's interesting is I don't think it's out of the question that he could be there this year. And if he is and he has a great year, it just it's a great investment in his future. So, you know, obviously we'll see how things play out here. But um, I don't think his career is over by a long shot. And again, if he has a great year, that's um, it just sets him up really well.
2: So
1: the four Niners give up the first round draft picks in 2022, 2023, a third round comp pick in 2022. So the fact that they're willing to pay that price to move up from 12 to three, what does that tell you about the mindset of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan right now?
0: That they're drafting Matt Jones and they see Matt Jones, like Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub and Jimmy Garoppolo. And they got a young guy that's really smart and accurate with the ball. Who's functionally athletic enough. And, uh, I would be shocked if they don't draft Mac Jones with the hmm. third pick.
1: That's, that's interesting um, because it's not a real popular play out here in the San Francisco area. In fact, I've, I've said it myself. I said, I believe uh, that Mac Jones will be the guy who will be uh, the, the new quarterback for the 49ers. Um, I've left myself a little bit of wiggle room there, but what people, what the fan base here seems to come back with is, well, why, why all the way to three, he wasn't going to be, you know, he wasn't going to be taken at three. You could have got him at five or six or seven. So what do you say to that mindset of why get a guy up to three when it seems like, uh, you know, the general consensus is that, You know, he wasn't going to be the third quarterback selected.
0: Well, I would say that could be true. But if we're having this conversation, Matt, in two years or five years, and Matt Jones turns out to be a B-plus or better, and he turns out to be at least, call it Matt Ryan, no one's going to care if they gave up a a one instead of a two or a two instead of a three. Um, Look, they give up a big price. There's no two ways around it. But when you're convicted about a quarterback, and the best successes I've had in my career is when I've traded up Xavier Howard, Darrell Rivas, David Harris, their character and talent, we were able to check those boxes before we made those decisions. And I think with Matt Jones specifically, they feel like um, he checks a lot of the, their boxes. So um, they give up an extraordinarily huge amount of draft capital, and maybe he would have been there at five or six, but you're literally throwing up in the draft room if you trade to six and Matt Jones goes at five.
1: Right. So as an NFL executive, how much weight do you put on, you know, the mock drafts that you see floating around the Internet and what's the process you go through to kind of try to figure out if hey, you know, for instance, the Carolina Panthers coached Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl we think that they might like him a lot. They might be in position to go up and get him. Like what, what do you guys do behind the scenes that gets you best prepared for what other teams think of players and how then you react?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point because you, you're, you're trying to collect as much information as possible. And Carolina, loved love Matt Jones. I don't think there's any doubt they would have tried to just watch the body language all week of uh, Matt rule. I was down there broadcasting the game for ESPN. And uh, it was clear that they were falling in love with him. So I think that had to be part of the psyche that is like, if we get the five, Carolina may jump us. So um, they went as high as they needed to. And um, look, you know, sometimes like you don't know what's going to happen. You know, some people talk about these glass ceilings in terms of how high, you know, a player can go. You know, they have this ceiling. And I would just say that um, even though Mac Jones may be, you know, sixth or seventh on on certain boards – if you're sitting there and you're John Lynch and you're Kyle Shanahan, Matt, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, you know what, like his ceiling may be a little bit lower, but if we give up an extra third-round pick, we know we're going to get him. Like, that's just smart business because, again, you would really be extremely disappointed if you trade up and still don't get your player.
1: So Kyle Shanahan, a very honest press conference that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had on Monday, and Shanahan said, we had to feel good that there were three guys that we'd be comfortable with leading our team for a long time. We couldn't make that decision to move up to three uh, before they knew that there were three guys that they felt that way about. And then he says, there's a chance it could get to four or five. I'm assuming that means if, if they were initially sold on Mac Jones, you know, there's a chance when they do more homework and, and study more film and meet them and whatever else that, that Trey Lance and uh, Justin Fields could get into that picture. How, how unrealistic or realistic would it be if the 49ers liked one guy and we're assuming it's Mac Jones, and then the more they dig into this, they, like, they end up liking another guy better a month from now?
0: I don't think that's going to happen, Matt. Um... It could happen, but my sense of it, you know, we're sitting here taping this on April second. The hay's really in the barn. Um, Could they change your mind? Yeah, but again, you don't give up two ones and a three to think that's for player X and changes. And I think what they probably did is they said it's Mac Jones, it's Trey Lance, and it's Justin Fields. Three. By the way, I like all three. I think three will they'll all wind up being good players. And I think what Mac Jones, what people don't understand is he's a better athlete than people realize. I think one of his parents was an accomplished tennis player. Um, and just in terms of, like, his movement, I think he would be a guy that could play other sports like lacrosse. Or he, He's a good foot athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete, but he's good. He can climb the pocket. He can roll out. And when you watch Matt Ryan play, and, again, they just went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, Matt, with Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. Ryan moved well enough. Matt Shaw moved well enough. Kirk Cousins moved well enough. And those are all quarterbacks that played well under Kyle. And I think when you look at Matt Jones, in my opinion, he's as good an athlete as any of those other quarterbacks.
1: So there's there's this. I don't know if it's new wave anymore, but guy, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know these guys that are are you know, big, strong. I mean, they give you the best of everything. And my initial thought was. Mac Jones, but then I, I start, you know, you start to overthink things and you think, well, if you're moving up there, wouldn't you want somebody that kind of checks all those boxes of, you know, the, the big arm, the, the ability right. to make plays with the feet. But, but you're saying is, you know, I don't know if it's specific to Kyle Shanahan you're talking about, but you just need someone. I mean, I know Kyle's talk. He wants someone who can make plays from the pocket and that's the number one thing. And, and Mac Jones,
0: right. that guy. And Matt, just to push back a little bit on what you're saying is like, look, when you're running a draft, of course, you you want to draft draft Bryce Harper, Harper, you know, you want Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, you want someone that checks every box. But Josh Allen, when we evaluated him, he didn't check every box. He was very inconsistent with his accuracy at Wyoming. To his credit, he's gotten a lot better. But the reason he went seventh was there was a lot of questions about him. So look, do I think Trevor Lawrence checks every box? Absolutely. But even starting with Zach Wilson, like watching him in person, he's not like the ideal size. So again, yeah, I want to take Trout. I want to trade Harper, but we got to go win with somebody else. And I think Mac Jones checks enough boxes. And I think sometimes just to take it behind the curtains, that's what happens is you have to give up so much for like imperfection. But to be candid, like that's where I think Kyle Shanahan is so good. He could take the B skill set. And I do think Mac Jones, I like him. I think I'm probably a little bit higher. I think his skill set is a B plus. And I'm sure they're thinking like, okay, we could go win with him, even though he does have some warts. And again, if we would go back three years ago, like I was really concerned about Josh Allen because he didn't really show greatness at Wyoming. Hmm.
1: Well, let's just uh, you know, it, it sounds like uh you're you're pretty well convinced it's going to be Mac Jones, but let's let's just spin it a little bit and just say if ultimately we're playing a little hypothetical game here. If ultimately the 49ers decide on – we'll start off with Justin Fields. What what about Justin Fields would be attractive to Kyle Shanahan?
0: Yeah, Justin Fields was somebody that went to Georgia, national recruit, um, transferred to Ohio State, and really has played extremely well the last couple of years. The only knock, if any, on him, Matt, is – There was a couple games, Indiana Northwestern, where I thought he struggled a little bit with some accuracy issues. Um, The Clemson game, he played great, but I thought um, it's funny sometimes, like you know, some of these coordinators or play callers, like Ryan Day or someone like Joe Brady, Kyle Shanahan, um, they're so good and guys get open so much. Um, That's to be a little bit of a tiebreaker. I just wish he had played a little bit better against Indiana Northwestern. Some of his accuracy wasn't great. Um, And the Clemson game, their guys were so open. But I think Fields is built to last. He reminded me when I saw him in person of Cam Newton. He's like really well built. So I think he'll either go four or eight. I think him and Trey Lance are – all three of them are kind of right there. But I have Matt Jones just slightly ahead of those other two.
1: Okay, now let's talk about Trey Lance. You know, playing at a –
0: yeah, you know,
1: a a level below. um, A a guy who hasn't played a whole lot of football and even – you know, in the year he had 28 interceptions and, and no, I'm sorry, 28 touchdowns and no interceptions, um, didn't throw it a whole lot. So what, what's your what's your take on Trey Lance?
0: Um, if we were running an organization for the next 10 years, Matt, and we didn't have to worry about anything for the first couple of years, Trey Lance may be up there with, you know, Zach Wilson. He is so extraordinarily intriguing to me. But here's why I just don't think they can draft him they give up two ones and a third round pick for a guy that played one game. Like, I just think that's like, you talk about such a gamble. I mean, wow. I think that's really hard to do, but he's a great athlete. He made a ton of plays with his feet. He has a great arm. He's accurate. He's really, really smart. Um, there's so much to like about his game, but I think he needs to be redshirted for a year. And um, that's why I think he's a guy that, Um, he has a warrior mentality I think he's you know a great competitor all these guys are um but I just don't think you can I I just would be shocked if they gave up two ones and a three for a guy that played in one game this year yeah
1: um I'm not going to put you on the spot here with with you know this this question but um you know in in 2017 Mac Jones as a freshman uh was charged with the DUI in Alabama Um, how much does a team have to really look into that? And would you assume that if the 49ers made that trade up to number three, they've already looked into it? They've already, you know, crossed that one off their list of concerns?
0: Yeah, I think what happens is, just to take you behind the curtains, is you sit there and you go through, you know, all these players' backgrounds. Some have had bumps in the road. And the big question that I think you always have to answer is, like, look, none of us are perfect. Um, you know, we all had pimples in high school. Like, we all had to grow up. And you just want to know if it's aberrational or if it's habitual. And if Matt Jones had a flawless sort of career and had one bad night, look, I think I'd be surprised if anybody held that against him. With that said, if he did that and there was issues of him being, you know, late a lot, not being coachable, not being well thought by his teammates, that's a different story. So if it's one incident – I think that's something that can be explained away.
1: And so uh, as we wrap it up here, 49ers are on the books now for $25 million for Jimmy Garoppolo 2021, 2022. Obviously, that money's already counted for on where the cap is now. But when I look at it, I'm thinking, man, if it's even close with the rookie and Garoppolo, they got to get rid of Garoppolo because you can't have, you know, if it's close, Right. Um, because that's money that could be going to Fred Warner or Nick Bosa down the line, or you know, because salary cap money. for our listeners, salary cap money unused rolls over to the next year. Is that a valid point?
0: Hundred percent, Matt. Um, now, here's the only thing I would say to push back on that. I think, in a normal circumstance, I think it's reasonable for Mac Jones. Um, certainly, if it's Mac Jones or with the you know Trey Lance, for example, um, he he should be ready to go. It's an unusual offseason. No, we'll see how many preseason games, if any, this year. You know, if we go back a year ago, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, you know, they were thrown in without any preseason game. It was remarkable what they were able to do. So I agree with you. Like if it's apples to apples, and hopefully by August, Matt, we're back to a normal world, and there's a full training camp, preseason games, and they can sit there and say, yeah, we could go win with Mac Jones. That's one thing. But I know those other teams, talking to people around the league, it was just hard to get quarterbacks ready to go just given, you know, the pandemic sort of restrictions.
1: The 49ers acquired uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick, kind of fell on their laps there in the middle of the 2017 season. How would you look at it if you're in John Lynch's shoes as far as if a team comes, you know, asking for a trade? Like is, is Jimmy Garoppolo more valuable now with – two years remaining on his deal than he was back then, what, four years younger with half a season left on his deal. Like what what would be a legitimate, uh, reasonable cost uh, to give up Jimmy Garoppolo for?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's always supply and demand. And another team has to sit there just to pick a team like Chicago. Like they, in my opinion, have a much better chance to win with Jimmy G than they do Dalton. So if you're sitting there, and this is obviously a consequential year for Chicago – I would give up a two for Jimmy G if I could extend him a couple more years. Um, again, when he's played, he's played really well. Um, durability is a huge, huge factor. So, um, and I think when you look back on it, I think John Lynch made a good trade. He took him to the Super Bowl and they were whatever it was, 10 minutes away from winning and, you know, one or two throws. And, and that game is a different outcome. So um, it's hard to get to a Super Bowl. It really is. And he's been a good player. Quarterbacks are hard to find. Um, you know. one statistic I would be concerned of if I was San Francisco in the last 10 years five times teams have traded up into the top three to uh, get a quarterback and it was RG3 Carson Wentz Jared Goff Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky and if and when Darnold's gone none of those five players are still with the team that trade up for him so it's very hard but look you know Kyle Shanahan who I've been a big fan of for a while like he's showing that he can develop and win with different quarterbacks And again. When I think about what they gave up, I just think of the three that we've talked a lot about, Matt, I just think Mac Jones is the closest to what they've had in the past. And if if and when they get a reasonable offer for Jimmy G, I would expect them to make the trade.
1: That's a great nugget you just threw out. And I'm going to have to do some research and see what happened to each of those coach general manager tandems after that, after those trades went down and they didn't work out. And that leads me to this one, Mike, is that, this is a bold move, major move, and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have built up a lot of credit. They're beloved out here within the organization. Players want to play for them. Everything else, but if this doesn't work out, is this something that they can rebound from with the price that they paid to get this rookie quarterback? Is it is it kind of a almost like a, a franchise shifting? decision that they made to give up that draft capital in the future to go up and get this quarterback
0: um look it's an important move there's no two ways about it but they've done a great job and they don't bet a thousand they got Solomon Thomas wrong no one bats a thousand but when you look at the totality of the program and its trajectory I think they've done a really good job and if I'm the Yorks you know I think they deserve to be there for quite a while I think they're really in a tough tough division I don't think people realize like Arizona's gotten better. I think the Rams, at least short-term, are going to be helped by that trade with Matt Stafford. Um, So, And look, Seattle, seattle we know they're going to be competitive. So I think it's a tougher division than people realize.
1: Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN's NFL front office insider. Mike, hey, thank you so much for shedding a little light on the 49ers' thought process behind this huge move up to number three.
0: Yeah, appreciate you having me, Matt. Thank you.
2: Ayoko, you tried to – to send me off to go sip coffee for a minute and I would have missed the Tannenbaum interview. Honestly, this I think is my favorite interview we've ever had on the podcast that that you've done. This was really insightful for me. Anytime you're talking to somebody that's been in the shoes of John Lynch uh, in the front office of an NFL franchise and had to make the decisions that they're up against right now, I just find it fascinating to hear the insight and what goes into the decisions.
1: I found it extremely fascinating too, because there there were a lot of questions that I've wanted to ask, and you, I want to ask them. in, if somebody is in that role currently, I'm not sure you can get as honest of an answer and kind of peel back the curtain on what goes into the the thought process and, and everything else including you know the Mac Jones you know off the field situation from his freshman year in college how much does that play into it the you know the work it takes behind the scenes to kind of figure out um, how comfortable you are with that I mean there, there was so much there um, that that I really I appreciate Mike spending some time with us because I thought he was very insightful the other part of that was that he obviously thinks it's Mac Jones, which isn't going to sit real well with what, about 91% of the people who responded to that, my Twitter poll last week, where 13,333 people, that's an easy number to remember. That's why I have it off the top of my head. They responded and it was 9%, only 9% wanted Mac Jones with I think 67% or 66% wanting Justin Fields.
2: Yeah, I love how you set that up to him. There's a belief in the Bay Area that people don't really want Mac Jones straight from your Twitter poll. I loved that. Some things that stood out to me, how quickly and confidently, without hesitation, he said Mac Jones. Yeah. That really stood out to me, and I think it speaks volumes, and it might be starting to sway my opinion just a little bit here on what the 49ers might be doing at number three.
1: Yeah, so here's what I think there's a a perception out there that the 49ers are leaking – their intent, uh, their Mac Jones, whatever their affinity for Mac Jones, they're leaking it. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that um, I think that some well-informed people are have that opinion. Um, I think other people are kind of reading into what Kyle Shanahan has always wanted, uh, what Garoppolo doesn't give them. Like to me, I don't think that with Garoppolo, um, yeah, he, he's not going to bust out you know long touchdown runs. He's not going to uh, you know rifle the ball 50 yards down the field on a line. Um, so he's not one of these guys that just wows you, but he does have a quick release. And I think that what, what he doesn't give you that say Mac Jones does, is that it sure seems like Mac Jones throws the ball and is willing to throw the ball before guys are open and that he, he really knows how to execute what the coach draws up during the week and then takes it into the game. You know, I hear a lot of people tell me, well, you know, he had, you know, Devonte Smith and, you know, he rode Devante Smith's coattails. Well, I mean, I would kind of play devil's advocate and say, well, maybe Devontae Smith was really helped out and Jalen Waddell were really helped out by having Mac Jones. So I think it it goes it cuts both ways when you look at you know, the amount of success that Alabama had with Mac Jones at quarterback. And there's no question he was surrounded by – you know, NFL offensive linemen, NFL wide receivers. And in the case of the running back, of course, it's Najee Harris, a local guy from Antioch. I believe he grew up or lived in uh, Martinez. But so, and he's going to go perhaps in the first round. Um, so, you know, there's, it, it cuts both ways. I mean, he played with high level players, obviously, but he, let's not dismiss the fact that he was a high level player himself. So, um it, it's, it's kind of interesting to see um, how um, people are framing this because th- there's this thing, you know, the group think where I think the group of 49er fans are saying, you know, oh, it's got to be Justin Fields. You know, there's another group who says it's got to be um, Trey Lance. And then what you're hearing is, you know, Chris Sims and Mike Tannenbaum and Adam Schefter said the same thing. And I've been kind of saying it, although I don't put myself in that court category, trust me. But there are a lot of other people who are, are dialed in, who have the firm belief that Mac Jones, that the talk isn't just talk, that it's real. And I don't think it's the 49ers putting it out there I think it's just kind of maybe a more organic thing of uh, looking at, at uh, you know, maybe the, just reading the tea leaves or a sense of, of what they're thinking and, and where they have to go with it. So, um, I, as I mentioned in the opening, we still got, what, three and a half weeks now or so until the draft and the chatter is only going to intensify.
2: So I, I got a, a little bit of confidence in myself and my abilities to evaluate the fact that the draft is still a crapshoot. That was one really? of my big takeaways from Tannenbaum because he started talking about some of the quarterbacks that he has evaluated over the years. And Josh Allen was somebody that he brought up. And, and also in his discussion around Patrick Mahomes, I, I just didn't have a lot of confidence in the fact that he, he basically was saying that you don't know what you're going to get that he had questions about Josh Allen and other teams certainly had questions about Josh Allen. And I know this is an easy one to bring up, but tons of teams had questions about Tom Brady. Tons of teams probably had questions about Aaron Rodgers. You, it's never a sure thing in the NFL draft. And I thought this was also interesting. And I wonder if you did your homework on this, because he brought up that in the last 10 years, five teams have traded up to draft a quarterback third overall and you said you were going to do some homework there did you do your homework
1: um the dog ate my homework
2: oh yeah, yeah. that's no not actually here no truth
1: I actually did do my homework believe it or not
2: oh wow I, this yeah. is a, this is a there's a first time for everything
1: yeah um yeah Mr. Stefan back at uh, Richfield Elementary School um the the, the late uh Mr. Steffen, uh, he would be very happy with me because I did do my homework and he mentioned uh, the five quarterbacks that teams have traded up for to pick inside the top three in the past decade. And what he basically mentioned was that all of them have failed um, and, and would, would not be considered good investments. Um, Robert Griffin. Uh, Jared Goff traded this offseason Carson Wentz traded this offseason Mitchell Trubisky free agent not re-signed and then Sam Darnold who more than likely will be moved on but what I talked about was what I said was uh, I'd love to see who, who the decision makers and the coaches and how long they stayed and so uh, Robert Griffin, we know that, that Kyle's, uh, Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan, was the head coach and de facto general manager. And he was fired after the 2013 season. And that was uh, in 2012, where they traded up to get Robert Griffin the III. Um, and what's the other one? Jared Goff, that was 2016. Yep. And Jeff Fisher didn't even make it through that season. And Sean McFay was hired the next year. But Les Snead, the GM, the general manager, uh, he's still there. And then you have the Eagles. Uh, Howie Roseman is still there um, after trading up to get Carson Wentz. But Doug Peterson, he was in his first year of head coach. He won a Super Bowl, and he still got fired this year. Uh, You have the Bears, where uh, Mitchell Trubisky, they traded up to get him. Their general manager, Ryan Pace, is still there. But John Fox, um, who was the coach, only made it through the 2017 season. And Matt Nagy came in in 2018. And then the Jets, um, they've completely clean house. Uh, Mike McCannon was the uh, general manager he was fired after the 2018 season and then Todd Bowles who was the coach was fired after that season Adam Gase was hired in 2019 and Robert Sala. we know Robert he's our, our uh, we know him very well now he takes over and now they're in a position where they can get another quarterback so I guess the, the going back to what we were talking about earlier Laura history has shown us that this is a big decision. And if this doesn't work out, I mean, history has shown that the head coach and the general manager are on the hot seat in a hurry. And it's very difficult to survive that if you trade up, if you spend the kind of draft capital to go up to get a guy number three, and that player doesn't produce.
2: Yeah. And I think that rightfully so. You have an opportunity just looking at the 49ers this upcoming season and and to go off of what Mike had to say, I think this should give 49ers fans and the front office and the entire team, a boast of confidence hearing, not that they don't already know this, but the team that the 49ers have, he said really the only position that was a question mark for him was the quarterback position, but that outside of that, every, this team is ready to go. They're ready to, I don't know if he said make it all the way to the Super Bowl, but that's what he was inferring, that they're, they're ready to win a lot of football games. And I do think that people believe that. I certainly believe that. And I think that if they make the right pick here, which is why it is such a big decision, that they actually do have a shot. This team, what I'm trying to say with all of this is that you've got a small window to work with, generally. You don't have, you're not going to consistently win unless you're the New England Patriots for a decade, you're not going to win that many that many super bowls and so you've got to take advantage of the window that you have you spend all this time and money looking for the right people and not just that you've got to get the right people in the building so even if you have the money and you have your sights set on people they have to want to come here in certain situations it's not all built on the draft so all of that to say you've got a small window of time to take advantage of a team that you've worked really hard to put together, and the 49ers are in that window right now. They could win now, and they could win, set themselves up to win for the next few years, all based off of this decision at quarterback.
1: But I think what you're saying, though, isn't necessarily the the way the, the 49ers are approaching this, because they could end up getting – the best quarterback in this draft. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be the best quarterback in this draft year one. And it doesn't mean that he's going to replace Jimmy Garoppolo year one. So it very well might be that whatever success or lack of success the 49ers have in 2021 is all going to be contingent on how Jimmy Garoppolo plays. And then when the number three overall pick could take over in 2022, now – it's a matter of seeing what that guy does. But it could very well be that this young guy has nothing to do at all with the 49ers' fate in the 2021 season.
2: Yes, but what you're also assuming is that I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo can get them back there. And I actually do think that he can. I think this mm-hmm. team right now is even better than the team in 2019. Do you and think so? This team right now with what the yeah. 49ers have, I think they are really good. Yeah. I think that they have a great shot at making it deep in the playoffs hmm. this year. I think that's interesting. Ben that might
1: they, be a, that might be a topic for another podcast because we got to talk
2: about this later. Uh, I think yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, I, I'm staying with that right now. I don't think that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch want a rookie running the system right away. I don't think that. I also don't think with the offseason situation still uncertain, we don't exactly know what all is going to happen. It does seem that uh, teams are going to be able to meet in person more so than they were last season, so that gives a rookie quarterback more availability to really dive in and learn the system. but we still don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be their day one starter. I don't think that there's a smoke screen there. I think there, there might be a smoke screen on who they're trying to select at number three overall, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback at the beginning of the season.
1: Hey, we we hit on a lot of subjects that uh, people brought to our attention on Twitter, and it, it all kind of spawned from this question from at Carolina Niner. Um, and the question was, if Mac Jones is supposedly NFL-ready, as NFL-ready as any quarterback in the draft, as Chris Sims says, then why wouldn't he go first overall in place of Trevor Lawrence? And I think what you're looking at is that kind of intersection of physical – talent um you know the big arm that that Trevor Lawrence has the athleticism that Trevor Lawrence has as well as um whatever i mean the 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 upside of Mac Jones you know whatever mac jones's best strengths are they're not significantly better or they're probably not even better than than Trevor Lawrence at least that's in the draft evaluation part of it and i think also with Trevor Lawrence heck were you Laura, you were at that championship game, right? The Clemson I Alabama, was there at Levi at Stadium. Levi's and Trevor, Stadium was Trevor Lawrence? He was the quarterback, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's been around for a long time. And he might be the well, he is the only guy in this draft among the top tier of quarterbacks that has significant high level college football experience. You know, he was, he's been doing it a long time. So I think that that's, you know, he's not a one-year wonder. Uh, and so I think that's why, um, you know, a guy like Mac Jones, who is clearly highly thought of, certainly more so in the buildings of some NFL teams than other NFL teams. But I think that Trevor Lawrence is, you know, universally seen as the top guy.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you with the experience side of it. The body of work that Trevor Lawrence has put together in college football stands for itself. And with, with going back to something that Mike Tannenbaum brought up with Trey Lance, I completely agree. And we've talked about this before. He's played one college football game last year, not his yeah. fault. But the fact of the matter is he played one. And I think that would be a way too big of a risk to take for an NFL franchise to trade up to number three to take a guy who only got to play one game.
1: Right. So basically he has as many starts in the past year that we had emergency podcasts talking about a trade up to number three.
2: We're going ahead and comparing ourselves in that manner, are we? We're trying to make ourselves feel really good today.
1: It's draft time. This is what we do. Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk
0: with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider.